Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube channel and I can um, chat line, the chat room or something. It's a chat line or chat room? Live chat. Live chat. One of those locations. And I can respond to your questions or comments today, whatever they might be. And so good morning, everybody here again. Hi, y'all. Good. I want to uh, first let me find out if there anything you guys and ladies want to talk about. No. OK. So y'all came to receive and not to give. You, you want to talk about your issue now? Uh, take the mic there. Go ahead. It's about a murder. It's about a murder in my family. You had a murder in your family. When did this happen? Well, uh, this happened last Tuesday. Last Tuesday? Yeah, and I didn't hear about it the uh, day, day before yesterday. So what happened? Uh, you remember that young girl I brought here on Brosha a long time ago? Many uh, years ago I brought her. Oh. And she didn't she did want to talk about her mother. She thought her mother was a saint, and yet she was all messed up. Her brother has been homeless for all of since he was 14 years old. Oh. So what happened is that he came on the news, he killed his wife, and he cut her all up, put her in a suitcase, and tried to burn her uh, somewhere in Pasadena. And uh, they caught him, though. He's in prison right now. So her brother killed his wife, cut her up, put her in a suitcase, and took her somewhere to try to burn her? Yeah. Amazing. I saw that on the news. Yeah, Pasadena. I totally saw that story. Yeah. I, I think I saw it yesterday. Oh. Or maybe the day before. Well, I don't remember. It's been on every day. Actually. Yeah, I saw it. Uh -huh. Wow. So you know the person that did that? He's, he's my nephew. He's really? He's brother, the youngest brother. Wow. And what <clears> happened, I haven't seen him for years and years, and uh, he had... A very bad life. Suffered a lot. He's been always out in the street. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so been, you saw it on the news? Yeah. And did you, and how, did you know it was your nephew at the time? No. I haven't seen him, Jesse, since he was seven. He's 56 years old. Wow. Yeah. And so how did you find out it was him, your My nephew? My sister called me and told me. She, and what was your impression when they told you? How did you react to it? It was a shock. It was a shock? Yeah, but I, I knew eventually something was going to happen to him because he's always been in the street and in right. jail. You knew one day he would kill his wife, chop her up, and burn no, her? No, well, I didn't know that. Oh. I didn't know his life story. I oh, mean, I see. Oh, I got you. He had a lot of women since he was out in the street. And oh, okay. He has kids, but I don't know them. That's an amazing story. Very, but it's, it was very, very shocking. Shocking? Mm -hmm. that, that he did it or that you saw it on TV? That he did it, and he's my nephew. You know, it's very close to home. Right. Aren't you glad he wasn't living with you? Uh, no, that could have been you he, locked up in that suitcase. He never was. He never was. But the problem I'm having now is that uh, uh, his siblings are calling me. And, and I, I told them, you know. What I do they want? Them, <laughs> well, they want to find out what, why, and and you know uh who could they talk to and this and that oh. and 
and I told them, and and yet, they, it's like you're talking to a wall. Yeah. You know, I told them uh, I can't help you. Right. But I know someone that could tell you why this is happening. Right. And so they agreed to to do that. And then today, this morning, she called me and she tells me, "Oh, I went to the priest to talk to the priest about oh, okay. my." Uh, and so, uh, how are you feeling today about all this? I still feel a little sad for him. Oh, you know. Yeah. I I never got to know him, but his siblings call me a lot. Right. You know. So um, I don't know what to do. I was thinking, should I send him a little bit of money? You know, because he's in prison. No. Nothing. Don't he put has no money no on one. his books. How come Mama loved to put money on people's books who were in jail? Well, the thought just came. I didn't say no, I was let that thought do it. pass by. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not going to learn his lesson. I don't think he's getting out of this one. <laughs> so why waste your money then? Yeah. And then my my sister, he was a. I bear. make it clear with the guys that live at the barn home. Over the years, I made it clear. Mm -hmm. If you go to jail, I'm not coming down there. I'm not putting money on your books. That's right. I'm not accepting collect costs because those collect costs are so expensive. Expensive, yeah. And it ain't my fault you're in there. That's right. So why should I have to be paying my money out? I guess I, think <laughs> I was feeling sorry for him or something. But my sister, it was her fault, you know, that that happened. It was her fault? Well, yeah, she's fanatic. And then she was a different but guy. But it's not her fault because well, he's an adult. No, he's an adult now, but I mean, started when he was a little boy. Right, but when you become an adult, it's your job to get over it. He didn't have anyone right. to talk to him. And so, um, I, I, the thought just came, but I, I just look at him, you know. Because so the I thought came, oh, you need to go put money on his books. Well, that thought came as it, because it said it, he has no one, you know, just uh, simple. That's a said. beautiful place to be in. Yeah. So stay out of his way. Let him find just Jesus. Just let him there and, and just stay in the present moment. And just, yeah. Okay. I thought, that's what I wanted to know, actually, for me. Yeah. You know. And for the other siblings, I think I, if they don't, don't want to listen or hear, I'm just going to... Let them suffer and die. I'm just going to let them, uh, I'll tell them not to call me, I guess. Right. I don't want to hear yeah. that. Get yourself a boyfriend and forget about I them. I don't want a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> He'll take you to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, were you excited when you found out, wow, my nephew is on the news? I wasn't excited. I was shocked. Oh. Uh, a, a, a month or two ago, a friend of mine called me up and told me I had seen this truck chase, U-Haul truck chase on the news. Yeah. And uh, so it was a woman, a black woman, and the police were chasing her. And she was in a U-Haul truck, right? Mm. And she was driving through all these buildings all over the place. And then she jumped out to try to run. And then the cops caught her. And then later on, a friend called me up and said, oh... <laughs> So-and-so was running from the cops in a U-Haul. So I knew the girl. Oh. I was like, wow, that's so cool. I saw her on TV. Yeah, you're yeah. excited? Isn't that like nice when you see somebody? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It was Frank and friend, so. Yeah. And, but I know the girl. Uh, I'm like, that's so cool. I know somebody breaking the law and running. Mm. 
Because you never know the person in the shop. Hey. And then one time, one of my cousins, of whom I've known all his life, he went and robbed a store. And, and <laughs> he was all in the news, on the news, in the news for robbing the <laughs> store, right? I'm like, wow, that's so cool. That's my cousin. You went to tell everybody? And, and he went to jail and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I felt much better to know the person. Wow. <laughs> I often wonder what their family members feel like when they see their family members breaking the law and the cops are chasing them. You're watching on the news. I want to know how that feels. It's so exciting. Mm. And so when I saw my cousin, I'm like, wow, I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> you robbed a store. Yeah. And the cops came and got you. But so that's their life and nothing you can do about it. You don't have a right to feel sorry for anyone. You're not God. Everybody got to go through their own thing because some people have to suffer before they cry out to God. And so I always tell mothers to stay out of the way and let the kids suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, let the adults kids suffer and don't get in the way because mothers tend to want to um, just get in the way and prevent the suffering from happening. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So leave the man alone, pray for him, mm-hmm. and hopefully he can find God in jail. Mm-hmm. And he could be happy in jail. Yeah, I you know, know what that. I'm saying? I know that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Right. So let it go and pray for him, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. I guess I felt a little guilty too, Jesse, because when I was wild and drinking, uh-huh. me and his mother used to go to the bars to go to a drink. Right. And I used to encourage her. You know, I mean, I used to... Yeah, encourage her, and she used to leave the kids all over, and got so, hurt. So when you were young and she had kids? When we were it, both young, me and my sister. And both of you guys had we, kids? We were married. Both of you were married? Yeah, well, and, she, she, was, she was married twice, and I, I married once. And so you're like, hey, let's go to the bar, let's go to the club, have some fun? Uh, it just happened. We were talking, I said, let's, let's go out, and blah. And uh, her, her, that son uh, got burned and everything with a babysitter. She, she burned him. How many years ago was well, this? That was, I, he was a baby. He's 56 years old. So this it was 50-something years ago? Mm-hmm. And it still bothered you? It bothered me when I found out that it was him, you know. Yeah, don't and, let that bother you. Says, oh my God, we I, all have sin. We all was in a fallen state at some point mm-hmm. doing crazy things. You couldn't help it. And that, that came to me, too. Yeah. That was a Speaking past. to the mic. That wasn't me. That Bring the mic to your mouth. A, that was a past. That wasn't me. She's I'm holding a diff- the mic like this. I'm a different person today. Yes. So then why don't you act like it then? That's not well, like, who you I, are. I mean, in the, it bothered me, but I didn't fall apart like a lot of people do. Right. You know? Yeah. But I, I, I want to know. I want to yeah. know. You Nothing know? you can do about it. Yeah. You have repented, so move on with life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. I yeah, so, and it's Satan who is reminding you of that. Yeah. And really, that it's not too. you. Yeah. I interviewed two guys on the Fallen State this week, my TV show. Mm-hmm. And so you have three guys who are friends. They married three ladies <laughs> who became friends because the guys knew each other. Yeah. And so the ladies and all became friends. One of the guys' wife was withdrawing. She was kind of an uh, introverted kind of person. Didn't really communicate with people and hang out. And so this one guy started to encourage his wife, hey, honey, won't you go out sometime? You know, hang out with your three female, your other two friends. And, 
And you guys need to get out sometimes. Yeah. And so he encouraged her to do that because he wanted to bring her out, you right. know, because she was introverted. Mm-hmm. And so they started hanging out, the three ladies. Mm-hmm. And they started going to PTA meetings and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so after a while, the ladies started staying out later and later and later. Mm-hmm. And then they started coming home at 3 o'clock in the morning drunk. And so the husband's like, wait a minute. <laughs> when I say go out, I don't mean that kind of go out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then one of the guys said his wife would come home drunk, but they were like fighting, right? So he was sleeping on the couch and she was in the bed. And she didn't want anything to do with him until she came home drunk at 3 o'clock, jumping all over him, mm-hmm. wanting to be with him. And the one guy that told his introverted wife to go out, she started having an affair with her daughter's, according to him, her little daughter, best friend, father. Oh. And they all knew each other. And so, and the way, long story short, you can see it on the fall estate, it coming up. Mm-hmm. And the way he found out is that his daughter friend told her, oh, one day you're going to be my sister. She's like, what do you mean I'm going to be your sister? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you're going to be living with us. And the little girl like, I don't know what you mean. My daddy and your mommy. And the little girl like shot, right? And she was all nervous. So she kept it for a while. And then she went and told her sister because she was scared to tell her father. Right. So she told her sister and they agreed they weren't going to tell the father. So they carried that for a while. Mm-hmm. And finally, the girl, the oldest sister, which was still young, told the father about it. And that's how the father found out. And now they're going through a divorce and all that mess. Oh, this is recently? Yeah. And so the problem is he should have never encouraged his wife to join a group and go out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he's getting what he deserves. Yeah. Leave your wife at home introverted. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, my husband used to give me permission to go out. Oh, yeah? I used to... uh, Did you ever cheat on him? Of course. But, oh. uh, but um, that's right. You hear that, guys? <laughs> of course. That's what you go out for, Jesse. That's right. It's yeah, sure I, but at that time, I I used to lie to myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I used to say I want to go dancing because he didn't like to dance or uh, party uh, in bars. Right. Party, but not in bars. And so I would wear him down. He finally said, okay, go on. I'm not going to. I'm just going to go hear the music. And that's a lie, you know. But that's I, right. You know, that time. You're going to, to cheat. Yeah, but it that was. That is so true. Yeah. And then once, once he told me, no, you cannot go. Raymond, Raymond, go sit in the back of Go ahead. He says, you cannot go. You're not going anywhere. And, you know, I got mad. At him and everything, and then I settled down, and it felt so good that he told me yes. I could not go. That's right. You know, but that's, that's only, deep. That's the only time he did that, and and I questioned, but I said, why did it feel so good to be disciplined? No, you can't do it. Women like to be disciplined by their husbands, mm-hmm. their father. Like men like to be disciplined by Jesus. You know, they yes. want the truth right. to make them free. And women want the same thing from good men. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good. So you did he find out you were cheating? Yeah, eventually, because I, I left him. Did you leave before the other man? For another man, yeah. Oh, how did that go? 
bad. It got from bad to worse. I mean, yeah. you know, just just awful. Hurt my children. Never leave a man for another man. Or never leave a woman for another woman either. It doesn't work out. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And I'm going to be talking about that. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, amazing what we go through in life in that fallen state, huh? Yes. It is like mind-blowing what we go through in the fallen state. Mm -hmm. The hell that we bring up on earth. And the problems that we cause for our families and friends and all kind of mess. Yeah, our children. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. But, well, I, I, you know, I realized uh, after I sober up for years, start coming here and to Roy's. You smoke pot? Uh, no, I never liked You were just an alcoholic. Alcoholic, but it, I got into There's drugs. There's nothing worse than an alcoholic woman. It doesn't seem right when you see an alcoholic woman. Mm -hmm. it, it's just sloppy. It's horrible. Yeah. You know? A woman should be an alcoholic. I used to have an aunt who was an alcoholic. It was awful. I was a little kid, and she'd be like coming home all drunk. And it was so nasty. It was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree. But anyway, go ahead. I forgot what I said. What, I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you're doing fine now, right? I'm doing fine. Yeah. Only, uh, you know, I have problems. My kids have problems. No such know, thing as problems. I mean, they have a drinking problem. Okay? No but such thing as a drinking problem. No? Oh. That drinking problem has them. Okay. Sometimes I call... Uh, my, a friend of mine's up, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I said, he said, oh, I'm doing fine. How you doing, Mr. There is no time, no such thing as time. You're <laughs> never going to die. How are you? He's all jealous. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's no such thing as problems. It really not. It's an illusion. It's a that spiritual whole thing issue. is an illusion. That whole life is an illusion. Yeah, it is. The whole life. Until you return back to the Father, yeah. everything you're doing is an illusion. It's, an illusion. it's not even real. Yeah. Isn't I, that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. I've seen that a long time ago. Yeah. It was, it's, everything was an illusion. It's a total illusion. Mm -hmm. And you see that once you wake up. Yes. All right. I appreciate that. So leave that man alone. Yes, I will. Yeah. I will. Completely. Yes, James. <laughs> Uh, three people gave you super chats, which is like donations. Oh, great. Thank yeah. you. We can use it. Yeah. Alex Calloway um, said, thank you, Jesse, for the seven guaranteed steps to spiritual, family, and financial success. I was wondering what you believe the purpose of church is. Um, first of all, the seven guaranteed steps, if you want to start a business or, uh, or you already have a business, it is an amazing book. It's real simple, real easy, and if you follow those steps, you cannot fail. So, the seven guaranteed steps. So, and, and then, but you have to follow it, not just read it. You got to do it. Isn't that right, Joel? Yeah. You like that, right? Yeah. We use good. it as in our Entrepreneur Academy. It's a really, really good, simple book. So I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm sorry, what's your other question? Oh, what's the purpose of church? To edify one another. And to correct one another with love, you know, to fellowship together. It's not for the preacher to just come there and preach you the Bible and send you home. It's to edify one another, to correct one another, you know, those who might be lost a little bit. One, one other quick question. 
This person, past, present, future, said, Jesse, my mother passed away when I was seven years old. I am 24 now. Whenever I have empty feelings, it stems from the subject of my mother not being there to my, during my childhood. How should I overcome this? That's a good question. You know, I wouldn't assume that it stems from my mother not being there. What it is, the ego doesn't like to slow down. It doesn't like uh, not having anything to do. It doesn't like not being around people and places and things. And so in those moments when you feel nothing, it is the perfect moment for you to just be still so that God can reveal himself to you. Um, I, uh, one thing that I taught, we had a, a school at one time, and, we, and I taught an ethics class, and I taught the young kids that, because you know how kids always say, I'm bored. I don't like being bored. Being bored and feeling that emptiness is perfect for you. So just relax and don't assume what it is at all because Satan could be telling you, oh, you're feeling this way because of the loss of your mother. And it might be, but let it be revealed to you and allow yourself to be bored. There's nothing like being bored. I have a godson. He hate boredom. You hate boredom, right? Yeah. And why do you hate it so much? It's boring. (laughs) What does it feel like to be bored? I don't know. It's like, it's not fun. <laughs> what is it? It's like what? Um, it's like, there's nothing to do. It's like. You feel unimportant? Yeah. <laughs> and you know why, right? No. You're not important. Well, no, not. Not important, I feel... Uh, but when you're busy, busy people think that they're important and necessary. But they're really not. No, that's not why. It's just... I like having stuff to do. Of course. Like, it's fun. And then... The only thing I can say is it's boring. <laughs> but it's good to be bored. So when those moments come, um, let it happen. Relax and go through it. It's going to be powerful. So... Make sure you're doing a uh, silent prayer as well. I have a silent prayer that you can download. Rebuildingtheman.com slash church. Download the silent prayer and do it. Anything else? No. Okay. Anybody else? All right. So let me ask. Have any, I want to talk about revenge. Have anyone here ever tried to get revenge upon someone? Wow. <coughs> Thank you for being honest. You too, Bear? Probably. Wow. Uh, oh, he said probably. I can't think of one. Uh, Esteban, you tried to get revenge. What happened? You're not sure about your situation, right? Okay. Yeah, same thing, probably, but I don't remember a specific one. Oh, what did you raise your hand for? <laughs> um, you said you tried to get revenge. Oh, yeah, I'm just thinking that you tried to get revenge. Because if you try to get revenge against someone, you know about it. Yes, sir. What? Uh, my revenge situation. Uh-huh. I had a um, a girlfriend, and she cheated on me with my best friend. This is like I was probably around twenty years old. Yeah. And then that's um, a reason to get revenge. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. It, it was then, but I. Um, <laughs> what did you do to get revenge? 
I um, got together with his girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, my best friend's Who's girlfriend. Who's going on? Um, that sounds like a Jerry Springer show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what happened? How did it turn out for you? I mean, I was left empty. Yeah. I was already, I was hurt because my girlfriend cheated with my best friend. I was more hurt by my best friend doing that. Yeah. And then, um, but, so I was hurt. I felt broke. But after that experience, I, was, I felt broken right. in myself. Yeah. That's right. I just felt broken and lost. One of the worst things that you could do in life is try to get revenge. Everyone who tries to get revenge against your enemy or your fellow man, you bring it upon yourself. You really, really do. You are not, you might feel good and think that you're hurting the person that you are going after, but you're only setting yourself up for destruction. Revenge is not yours to do. And it's so amazing how that is. Um, pull up Romans uh, um, 12, 17 through 19. Anybody else tried to get it and you remember trying to do revenge against someone? Oh, okay. You tried to get revenge? I did. And you went after someone? I did. And what happened? How did it turn out? Thank God I didn't find them. I went after them with guns. <laughs> Friends and guns. How come Mexicans always going after folks with guns? <laughs> couldn't find them. Wow, you were so angry? I was crazy. And what, did you, what happened? What brought on this arm? Um, she cheating and drugs and that kind of thing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, it is not good to get revenge. Did you find it? I did. Okay, come with the mic here. Romans twelve seventeen through 19. Do not congratulate yourself on your own wisdom. Never pay back evil with evil. But bear in mind the ideals that all regard with respect. As much as is possible, and to the utmost of your ability, be at peace with everyone. Never try to get revenge. Leave that, my dear friends, to the retribution. As scripture says, vengeance is mine. I will pay them back, the Lord promises. All right, read the one I have, the other one, James. The one I have in my article. Never, ever, ever try to get revenge. It's so nice not to. So I wrote this article about men being under attack right now, losing their jobs just because a woman accused them, and, and they lose their jobs and everything without any proof. And I put that, I wrote it based on this. Go ahead. <laughs> Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And that's from Romans 12, 17 through 19. So about 60 years or so, there was a movement started by the uh, feminist women, women who are of their father, the devil, the children of the lie. And they started this movement under the pretense that men were bad. Men won't let women do anything. Men are holding women back. It's just not fair. 
it kind of reminded me of when the homosexuals started their movement and they said, oh, we just want to come out of the closet. Just let it, all we want is the closet. And, then, and the public said, no, stay in the closet. Get over it. And they're like, no, 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 no. We just want out the closet. We, we're not going to bother you in your churches. We're not going to impose on you. We just want to come out the closet. They kept saying closet. And then they start to say, well, it's a civil rights issue. And that's when the people start falling for it. And they came out the closet. And the people said, okay, the civil rights issue, right? And now we're at a point where we got men and women being born without identities. It's an it. What did your wife have this morning? She had an it. That's, a, that's because we allowed that to happen. And so we allowed the feminist movement to start, women hating men to start. And they were complaining, oh, you hate women. You're holding women back. We want to go to work. We want to do whatever men do. And it's just not fair. And then they started to say it's a civil rights issue, just like the black thing. And when they started to use it as a civil rights issue, then America said, OK, it's a civil rights issue. And so they allowed these women to just, you know, take off their uh, aprons and go to work. And so the women were feeling better. But then that wasn't enough. Then they started to say, well, uh, in the workplace, you're not treating women the same as you treat men. Men make more money. Men are in positions and blah, 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 right? And I'm thinking, well, you just started to work. Maybe that's why your check is less. But they're like, no, 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 no. This is civil rights issue. It's unfair. You hate women. And so they started to promote these godless feminist women in the workplace. And then the women started to say, a, a whole lot happened between that time and this time. Then they started to say, well, men are abusive. And men are violent. They beat me. We need laws to control men. This is not right. And so the country said, okay, we'll get some laws against men. And so then they say, well, the, the man is the boss. That's not right. We are equal. So we want to be the boss too. And they said, all right, we'll let you be the boss. So they passed laws to make uh, women become bosses over men. And then that wasn't enough. And then they said, uh, men are sexual abuse, abusive, right? They're sexually harassing women and all that. And that's not right. And then they made up these phony stats that at different universities and colleges around the country that there's a rape culture on college campuses around the country. And then because they're so slick with uh, marketing, they know how to really market and repeat it over and over and over and over again until we go into a hypnotic trance and agree with them and not realize what we are agreeing with. Because nobody wanted to be, anyone to be raped. And then they show these women carrying mattresses. Remember that woman that would carry her mattress around? What was that woman called? The mattress girl. She was dragging it around college campus, accusing some guy of raping her, and find out it wasn't true, right? Not really. What, what happened in that story? Where did my guy? She had sex a bunch of different ways with him, and she said some of the ways she didn't want. 
Isn't that amazing? And so, so then they, they started calling men sexual abuse people. And they came up with all these phony stats. Oh, thousands of women are being raped. Thousands of women, women are this. And so they said, okay, let's pass more laws. And so they passed laws that confined men, right? And then they said, and then so when the men were accused, the men said, no, 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 no. I didn't do that. That's a lie. She agreed to it. We wanted to do it, right? And then they said, no. The, the, the godless feminist said, no, 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 no. You don't have a right to say you didn't do it. Men should not even have a right to say, no, that's not true. You can't say that. You can't ask the woman, well, what did you do? What was your role in it, right? So they passed law where men can't even question it. And now we're at a point that women can accuse men of uh, sexual abuse or violence or something like that. And the man loses his livelihood. He loses his job. And I'm thinking, when you take uh, the opportunity away from men to provide for their families, for themselves, there's nothing left. There's absolute, uh, men were created to provide. It's in us. We can't help it. We were created to protect our wives and children and our community. That's the difference between men and women. It's built into the man. And if you take away the man's opportunity to provide, he's going to commit suicide. There's no other reason to be alive. And so now there was an incident with the secretary at the White House there recently, this week, where two men quit their jobs because their ex-wives accused them of abuse, being abuse, abusive. And, uh, and with one of the guys, it was 15 years ago. It wasn't like it was this morning before work. <laughs> you know, you woke up at Pounder. This was like 15 years ago. And so she accused this man of being that way. One of the wives said, well, I think what the other guy said, she didn't believe the other wife because she was married to the guy and he wasn't like that. And so this guy quit his job. And I'm thinking, can you imagine your parents raising you? making sure you do well in high school, sending you to these different colleges, paying all this money, you're working hard, and then you finally get the job of a lifetime, and some crazy woman come out of 15 years and say, he abused me, and now you just lose your job. That, I don't know why anyone is sitting quietly and allowing this to happen. And, I, and what I want to say about the revenge, I'll get to that in a minute. But what I want normal women to know is that you're sitting quietly on this too, but your sons, your grandsons, your great-grandsons, generation and generation to come are going to suffer from these laws. Your boys won't have a chance because if we allow this to continue to happen, these kind of women who hate men, who hate God, who hate anything that's good, they're going to get more and more laws passed, and by the time your grandsons and sons are adults, they're not going to be able to get a job or anything because they'll be shut out of the system and nothing will happen. So for those women who think that is okay and those men who are not speaking up about this, it's not just going to stop with, with this generation because these girls 
and weak guys are being taught in these schools about this stuff all the time, and that's their mentality. They, don't, they can't see that they're being used by godless women who hate men and hate God because men represent God on earth. They hate him. It's about that. It's not, and then I can't tell you the number of men I've counseled over the last 28 years, right, who have been physically abused by their girlfriend or wife. Uh, there was a uh, situation a couple weeks ago where a boyfriend and a girl, the boy and his girlfriend had a fight. The girl kept nagging and bugging the guy until he finally just smashed her, right? And she called a cop. Oh, he smacked me. But she kind of young and she didn't know that the cop was going to take him to jail. And so when she get back, the cops are there taking him to jail. She's like, no, 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 no. It was my fault. I started the fight. They're like, no, he's going to jail. The guy went to jail. Spent some time in jail. They finally had a, a, a court, their day in court, his day in court. And the mother and the daughter had to go down and plead with the judge, please let him out. She, the mother and the daughter said it was her fault. It wasn't his fault. And they still kept him in jail a few days, and now he's on probation. Even though it was her fault, his whole life is ruined. Isn't that amazing? And everybody just kind of sitting back, let it happen. People are afraid to speak up. And being afraid of evil only get worse. And to the Christian women, your sons from the next 100 years are going to suffer. Because these women are coming out of these universities and they've been trained and taught that men are sexual predators. I heard a woman say on the news the other day, some so-called expert professional woman, she said, all men are predators, all of them. And we need to know it and say it. Isn't that like mind-blowing? I'll I, I show her a predator, all right. All men are predators. <laughs> That's insane, but it's happening, and everybody's silent about it because they're afraid. And what they do, I'm thinking, how did they get everybody to be so afraid of this? They use examples for you. They allow you to see what happens when, you, when, when a woman accuses you they made sure the world know he lost his job, he was put in jail, he was put on probation. And that put fear in other men. Because you don't want to lose your job. You don't want to go to jail. And they have put it out there. I saw this happening between the white and the black races when they tried to get white people to shut up. And if a white man spoke up or did something, he would become an example of what happens when white men speak up. And they make sure the world sees it. I saw a man lose his whole football team. Was it a football team? Basketball team. I don't know the difference. But what was that guy's name? Donald Sterling. What? Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Remember that guy? Yeah. He lost his whole football team, and the world knew about it, and white men shut down. And that's how they put the fear in you. By uh, putting examples out there for you, and you become afraid because Satan tells you, if you do this, if this should happen, they're going to accuse you and it is over. Another thing about revenge, though, this is revenge coming from these feminist, godless, man-hating, God-hating, family-hating, unborn-hating, child, uh, good-hating. These women hate men. But what they don't realize, getting, trying to get revenge like this, they're going to suffer greatly. They're not going to get away with anything. They may take the man's job, but they're going to die of primary diseases. 
They're going to be lonely, unhappy, uh, on medication, antidepressant medication, because you cannot go after the creation of God and think that you're going to get away with it. It doesn't work that way. It's not going to work. I don't care how they feel right now, and I don't care how many men are underrun. The women and men who are pushing these laws will suffer. You have women going through divorce cases, and they see that they're losing. I know men who were going through divorce cases, and the woman was losing, and they would tell the judge, oh, he's sexually molested the daughter. And the guy was like, what? And the judges believe them. And so the guys give up, and now the kids have to suffer because the kids can no longer have a father. This is evil. And they hate men because men are Christ on earth. And our battle is a spiritual battle. It has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with male or female. It's right versus wrong. Evil hate good. Men represent good. Even when they are weak, they represent good. They really do. And so I, I, I guess I'm saying this to you so that you can do something. But the point is, men and women who are on the side of good, you got to wake up. You really do. Because this is not just going to affect this generation of men. Your, your sons and your nephews and your uncles and your great whatever male coming along, going to pay for it. Because this is in the worst now. And unless we stop it, it's going to only get worse. Evil, even in our private lives, if we don't overcome evil, it destroys you. It doesn't get better. And that's what's happening in our country right now between these godless feminists and these uh, men. And what they really want to do, and then I'll tell you a question. They want to destroy the white man. If they can get rid of the straight, conservative, Christian, white man of power, the country is over. The families are over because they've already got rid of the black man. The black man has no power. None. Zero. I was trying to think this morning as I'm brushing my teeth. Do I know any black men with power? Black men with power. And I couldn't think of one. Anybody know any? You know black men with power? Who is that? Larry Elder. Who is that? No, I'm kidding. No, I mean like real power. You know, like own businesses. and You know how the president is moving the country, right? And he's not afraid. He fight back. You can accuse him. That's fine. He's still going to do what's right. I mean, that kind of power. You know, and with opposition being there, with temptation to, to have fear or to doubt or to worry, you push past that. And they can't stop you just because they're accusing you. We used to have men like that in this country of all races. Now, just narrow it down to the white man. And if they can take that away from him, they're going to take his family and they're going to take his country. And it's over. That's why they are so serious about it now, because they don't care about the Mexican. They don't care about the black man. They have nothing. They're not, they have no hold on anything. And once they get rid of the white man of power, that's it. Anybody disagree with me on that? Huh? Uh, go to, I should have to tell you guys to go with the mic. 
you're saying um, once they take his power, then it's over. Then I mean, America will become a socialist, communist, soft country, and it will destroy itself from within. Because it's the men that keep it strong. It's the men that men who love God with all his heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else. He's the one that keep the family strong. He's the one to keep his wife safe and strong. And that's passed down to the children. But when you weaken that man, then the family falls apart. The community falls apart. The country falls apart. The power is in the man. And it's not an ego thing. It's something that God put together. He did it that way. And they know it. Saints understand that. Even understand that. That's why I work through other through these godless women and, and, and weak men to destroy good. If you destroy the man, good is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Such a sad way to live. So let me, and then I want to talk about how to overcome. You can overcome this. You can get past it. But let me go to you first, and then we'll come around the room. Thank you. Um, How did they pass a law that a man can't even, I'm sorry, you can't even say, no, I didn't do that. (laughs) You can't say, no, she hit me. And I'm like, this is America. What did the president say about the guy that got fired from his seat? I'm pulling it up, hang on. Okay, go ahead. He's pulling it up, and I'll I'll read to you. He'll read to you what he said. What I I notice is that people don't want equal, like, rights. They want, they don't want to, it says you should treat people as you would want to be treated. They treat them worse. It's like... It's like black people say, well, you're doing this to me or that to me. But they turn around and then treat somebody even worse. Instead of just, like, being even, it's like, no, you have to be below me. Like, they want to push them below. Instead of just kind of, like, living, we all live in this equal. They don't even want equal. They want you to be They want to destroy you. Yeah. It's it's, like the women's lives say, we want equal rights. And then, but no, that's not, they want death. Right. They, they want, want you to be kill gone. The man. Exactly. So <laughs> that's just, like, you know, they want to kill him. And you're never going to get anywhere like no. that. So. Right. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, are you afraid to speak up about this in the public? You know what? It's, it's kind of difficult because I do have a job. See? And on my job, we're, we're, there, we're there to do a job. We're right. not there to talk politics. And, other, and so you have to be kind of careful because it can evolve. You can't even... It's best the way the way the climate is. If you want to keep your job, just do your job. Amazing. You know, when but I talk to people. the climate is not going to get better until some truth come in. I know. It's, now, when I talk to people on the phone, like if I meet somebody, I'm not afraid to say, um, like, I don't, I don't believe in abortion. It, it's murder. I, I'm not afraid to say that. And this guy, I was talking to this guy last night. He said, you have a good argument. You argue that very well. And so it kind of gives me more courage to say what I feel and what I think, and this is why I think and feel this way. Yeah. But it, and in the workplace, it is going to get worse because if I say something and we get in an argument or somebody takes it the wrong way, you can see how, they, well, you know what, she's, you know, and she made me feel, uh, and they fire you behind that stuff. Made me feel. I'm so sorry. you could cry racism. I could, yeah. You could say, I'm but, a female, I'm black. Yeah, but, it, but being a conservative, I wouldn't... I, yeah, I know. They I'm would probably get you. me more than I would get they them. They will. They'll throw you out of the gym. Yeah. <laughs> they will. <laughs> if I ever went, but yeah. <laughs> um, let me just say, do not do it at work. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't do it at work. There's a time and place for everything. So you absolutely so don't go to work tomorrow, folks, talking oh all that mess. You won't have a job. But we're gonna talk about how to overcome. You're absolutely right. Let me take here and then behind you. Right there. Yeah, she just uh, captured uh, the theme I was going to speak of. Um, um, minorities and women started out, we just want to be equal. And now it's all about, we are actually the superior ones. And so the theme has definitely changed now. Now they're, now they're on the offensive. And they're so nasty. Have you ever ran into these women? They made you want to slap them. They're so rude. They're just like rude to you. I'm like, what is wrong with you? They're like, have no respect because the ego is so puffed up now that they don't even know how to balance it and have normal respect and normal disagreement because they know the law is on their side and not yours. It's amazing to see that. You're absolutely right. I told you about this story. I went to the bank one day and the, the bank teller had, that, uh, had a new hairdo, right? And I've been knowing her there for a long time. And so when I walked over to the window, I said, oh, you look nice with your new hairdo. She's like, oh, thank you. And I said, okay. I said it really loud. It was a long line. You were with me, right? And I said, uh, I want to make sure I'm not sexual harassing you. I don't want to come back here 40 years from now. And you're talking about, oh, you said I had a good. Everybody, it, it, the line just went crazy. It was amazing to see that. You remember that, right? Yeah. Tell them what, what happened. So then other people started piping up, like, you just can't touch the hair. Or <laughs> <laughs> other people were basically agreeing with you. It was so amazing to see that happen. I had no idea it was going to happen. That's how bad things are. Uh, yes, ma'am. All I wanted to say, that's why we have to support our president, Trump. You know, oh, let me read what he said. He tweeted out yesterday. People's lives are being shattered and destroyed by a mere allegation. Some are true and some are false. Some are old and some are new. There is no recovery for someone falsely accused. Life and career are gone. Is there no such thing any longer as due process? Isn't that amazing? Yes, amazing. So let me tell you what happened when I read that. I'm like, this is about to change. Mm -hmm. When President Trump weighed in on it, it start, it's changing. Nice. Believe me. The same thing happened when those godless football players were kneeling mm -hmm. and they thought they were doing something cute right. and getting away with it and all that crap. And when the president said, fire those SOBs, <laughs> things start to change right away. Right. The, right. the people stopped going to the games. They stopped watching the games. And so when the president said this yesterday, the liberals, the children of the lie, was having a hissy fit. Mm -hmm. Did you hear what the president said? He is taking those guys' side. He is doing this. I'm like, right on. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like so happy. Yeah. Because I knew that that's going to change it. Right. Uh, go ahead. Finish your point, and then uh, I'll make my I point. All I want to say was to support our president and send him whatever you can. You know, he needs our help. Okay. Yes, Raymond. If what you say is true, will it come down, uh, down to the fact that a man can be accused just by looking the wrong way uh, Ray, a woman, if not, uh, not practically anybody else? And with a, uh, yes. 
And what person, uh, person, uh, <clears throat> way a person uh, acts or uh, looks or acts or even thinks be brought into suspicion? Yes, sir. Believe me, because that's how evil operate. It goes from one thing to another one to another one to another until you stop it. Until you stop it, then it starts to change. So we'll get to that in a minute. I saw a hand here somewhere. Oh, in the back. Okay. Yeah, I just had a, maybe it's more of a question, but, um, you know, about this whole thing, like, yeah, women coming up, like, from 20 years ago and 15 years ago. So I see myself as a target for that. Yes. And it's been up for me. I mean, I just, in myself, like, I don't know, just asking, I'm just wondering how to handle it in myself. Because I could see losing, the way it's going now, I could see losing, like, all my livelihood. Yeah. You know, it's like, kind of handing it up to God. And at the same time, I don't want to be a victim to it or asleep to it. I, I don't don't say what your job is, right? But I would not want to have your job. <laughs> I would I would rather be down in Alabama, picking cotton, and 105 degrees. <laughs> well, maybe I'll get to do that instead. <laughs> you will. <laughs> I would not want to have your job, buddy. Uh, especially your job. Especially the kind of people you work with. Oh, my God. I don't know. And, and you white, too? And you straight? And pretty conservative. I'm telling you. Maybe you better go gay or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't going to help. <laughs> no, Not me. I'm going to tell you what to do in a minute. All right. A very good thing. I'm going to tell you what to do. This is so good. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I don't, I've been in a lot of situations where I don't really blame like a feminist or godless people for the way they feel because they're insecure because the men before them were insecure. If those men were secure with their relationship with God, the blame wouldn't be going back and forth. They blame the women, then the women blame the men, the women blame the women. It goes back and forth. The hatred, it, it continues in the accusations. All you have to do is get centered with God and if someone wants to accuse you then you say well God's on my side and you just take it because uh, the blame's got to stop really is what it is so you don't blame these feminists for what they're doing no I blame the people they're very insecure and there's nobody that's making them feel secure and that that's the role of men when the last time you've seen an insecure feminist I see insecure people everywhere how about a feminist though I don't know. I don't try to look for them. Oh, you haven't seen it. I mean, they're all they're they everywhere. They don't exist. They're everywhere. They're no, no, everywhere. no. They're not insecure. Oh, okay. With that kind of hatred that they have for men, and, and then the lack of love for the unborn child, they don't have, uh, they are not insecure. Because you could be so filled with evil that you have a, it's a it looked like a courage, but you have a courage to totally destroy and feel nothing about it at all. That's what As a I'm matter of fact, you get a high from it. That's what I'm saying. That's that's from their insecurity. They they're so no, insecure. No, that's from evil. That I know it's a drug for them. Their insecurity is so deep that they need to fill it with something, and this is what they fill it with. This self, this. 
courage that doesn't come from God. It comes from something evil. Right. And that's why the good men and women got to stand up and fight this stuff back with Correct. good. So that they don't get so out of control before there's too many laws passed and there's nothing we can do. I was reading a short report the other day and apparently the Christians back during Hitler days. Y'all remember Hitler, right? (laughs) We used to have lunch together. Um, uh, Apparently the Christians didn't do anything. They saw all this stuff coming about, but they didn't speak up. They didn't fight back. And they would become afraid until eventually the guy was able to do whatever he did. And that's what's happening now. Society is so degenerate today because I notice what they do. They demoralize you first. They demoralize your children because people who are immoral have no power. And they know that. That's why they destroy the home first. And then they teach little kids that sex out of wedlock is fine. Abortion is fine. You're not a boy or a girl. You're it. Uh, your parents are no good. Don't tell your parents anything. And they demoralize them. And then they can control them. And apparently that happened back then, too. But here's how you overcome this. Because I understand about the job thing. You know, you don't want to lose your livelihood. And the fact that you have fear shows that you're not connected to God. It shows that you're not connected to the source that has perfect love and perfect love cast out fear. God gave his word to us that he will provide all of our needs. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, who like you or who don't like you. You seek first the kingdom of God and his right way and all will be added. He also said that perfect love casts out fear. So here's what I recommend, that each individual from this point forward start seeking the kingdom so that you can overcome that fear. Because once you overcome anger, you can now see clear, right? And so in seeing clear by the light of God, you see what to do to take action. Because if you have fear, you're going to take action at the wrong time in the wrong place and end up destroying your own self because you're not seeing the right moment to do the right thing. And so I'm urging you, you got to put that first because this is a spiritual battle that we're fighting. And it's not a physical one. And and anyone who has anger, anyone, it could be your daddy, your mama, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your friend, your co-worker, anyone who has anger, turn on you just like that. And so so you got to quietly seek the kingdom of God. And he's going to give you perfect love once you drop the anger. Then he'll guide you in how to deal with this. He'll take away your fear. He will give you light and show you how to deal with it. But you cannot afford to sit back and just allow this to happen. Because they give you a demonstration. If you speak up, this is what's going to happen to you. And they put it out there in big ways so you can see it. When someone is, um, when a man leaves his job because he's been accused, They play it 24 hours a day on the news. They play it during the commercial and everything because they want to put fear in you that if you speak up, this is what's going to happen. So but you got to overcome that anger so that you can see the right time and the right thing to do. Just as the president is doing. You know, he doesn't have that anger. He's beating them up like not going north with no fear, with perfect love. And that's what we all got to return to. So I say that to you. You got to make sure you return to the father, especially what you're doing. And, and so that he can guide you. 
and then you'll see what to do. Because just think about this. Ever since Adam and Eve, men and women have been attracted to one another. You know, it's natural that when you're around women and women are around men, you're going to hit on each other. Isn't that right? Even in the cotton field, when those girls used to come over from the other county to pick cotton with us, we hit on them. And they hit on us. And it was normal. How, there's no way men are going to be in the same environment as a woman and not hit on the woman. That's, it's natural. It's not unnatural. Even with the fear, because Satan's going to say, you know what? This seems like a nice girl. Go ahead and hit on her. And you're going to do it because you're going to believe the lie and then you're going to end up losing your job. But men and women are attracted to one, the, one another. As a matter of fact, in the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, in school they kept boys in different classrooms than girls. They separate them because they knew that attraction would be there. They wanted the boys to concentrate on education. It's, that's not going to change. And then now that these, those women who are angry like that, they know they have power over you. They know it. And they're going to have you licking boots if this thing doesn't change. The Bible says there's nothing worse than a scorned woman. And they've already been messed up because, they, as you were saying, they didn't have good fathers in their home. The boyfriends have been weak. The, the bosses, men have been weak. And so they haven't had that male love that comes from God to guide them. And, and you are right. They, it is an insecurity, but it's evil. It has gotten worse because nothing has been done about that. You're absolutely right about that. But we got to do it. So seek the kingdom of God in his right way first. And then you will see what to do. But we got, don't speak up at work because you're going to lose your job right now. And it, 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 it made it made no, uh, no sense anyway at work. You, no one hired you to come to work to talk about your politics. We don't want you kneeling at work. We, don't, we want you to function at work. So it made no sense to speak up about that at work anyway. But seek God and he'll show you how to do it. Because as long as men and women are on this earth, somebody's going to be losing their job if we don't change this. So these women that are getting away with it, they hate men. They really, really do. And many of them are getting in positions of power. They're changing laws. And these laws are not for family. They're not for the unborn child. They're not for individuality. They're for ruling over men. That's what it's about. So seek God. Make sure you do the silent prayer. And uh, seek the Father. And it'll start to change. And just go to work and just kind of be patient, make your money, and God will show you what to do. We got to fight this thing. It's a spiritual battle. It has nothing to do with color. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in, folks, and uh, thanks for the feedback. We need your support. Don't forget your tithing offering. And uh, pick up a copy of my books, The Antidote, uh, Scam, The Seven Guaranteed Steps, and For Rage and Responsibility. And we have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. So if you need counseling anywhere in this earth, we can counsel with you, men and women. Also, we have a, an entrepreneur academy where we are teaching young men and older men, ages 15 and up, how to start a business. So if you have an idea for a business, you'd like to get it going, you need to send me a one-pager with your name, contact, uh, the type of business, and why you think we should choose you. All right. And uh, send it to Bond 
at bondinfo.org, right, Hermes? Yeah. Bond at bondinfo.org. Uh, we have a credit union also, so what we're doing, we raised some money. We started a credit union because some of the guys don't have money to, to put into it to start a business with. That their credit is bad, so we loan them the money, and then they pay back so we can keep it going. All right, so if you're interested, no matter what the race is, let us know. And whatever. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you all for coming. I appreciate it.